0: Welcome to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. My name is Mirindy Leverett, healthpreneur, business strategist and intuitive, and I will be your host. In this podcast series, I will be interviewing female healthpreneurs and sharing their amazing, inspiring and motivating stories about how they started their own health business. Listen to how some of these beautiful women have overcome barriers or adversity to create their own unique health business and thrive. These women are not making millions of dollars or dominating the world, but they are certainly making a difference to their clients' lives and living their true purpose of serving and helping others in need. Also in this podcast, I will be sharing hints and tips on how to be a successful healthpreneur whilst remaining authentic when starting and running a health business. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate and educate you on all you need to know about starting, growing and pivoting in a business as a health clinician. This podcast is available to subscribe and download via Anchor, Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcast. So remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me tonight, Grayson. No, thank you for having me. Excellent. So what I might get you to do first is just share with our audience what your profession is and I guess what made you choose your profession?
1: So I'm an occupational therapist and I love OT. I genuinely think it's the best job in the world. So I chose OT specifically because I always knew that I wanted to be in the disability or the health space. But OT is so amazing in that you can work um, like with mental health clients as well as physical um, conditions and the variety is just so broad so it's uh, you could have 30 different jobs I guess under the one job title which is very appealing.
0: Yes well it's a bit (laughs) like my profession as an exercise physiologist you can work in more than one industry. So tell us how you got started in the industry because you haven't always worked for yourself have you?
1: No. So I told myself that I always knew that I wanted to have my own business one day. I just wasn't sure specifically in what area. But I told myself that I would work for another company for three years. Okay. And it ended up being like at least three years. And then I would play it by ear. But I needed at least three years under my belt. But then it ended up being three years and one week. So <laughs> I was straight down the, my own business line. And I started off initially with doing driving assessments which is a really niche area of OT. And it seems that I was just really, really lucky with choosing the right niche because like I was just swamped with referrals from the absolute get-go. So I think that with starting my second practice, maybe I was a little bit naive in thinking that I would just be overwhelmed from day one, just like I was the first time. But this one's been a little bit more of like a slower build, which is apparently more standard. So... (laughs)
0: No, most definitely are. Well, in the whole time I've ever worked in the industry, it is so hard to find OTs who do driving assessments. I don't know why
1: Absolutely. more of
0: you don't do it. but I yeah. agree. I agree. <laughs> so I guess that was one of the reasons, well, part of the reasons you wanted to just decide to go out and own or start your own business. But what was it? What interested you in being your own boss?
1: I just love the idea of just the freedom and the flexibility to do whatever you like. And I think as well, uh, say, having a billable hours structure like I did in my previous job, when you see how much your hourly rate is compared <laughs> to what you get as an employee, there's a big discrepancy there. And I guess when you have your own practice, that discrepancy is, yeah, it, it it's a very, very profitable as well. So. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So, I guess the next question is what are the positives of running and owning your own business?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's I will never be an employee ever again. I love the having your own business life. I think it's just the freedom and the flexibility to work whenever you would like, as much or as little as you like. You don't really have to be accountable to anybody if you just feel like having a week off or uh, even longer. And, um, yeah, I, I think I just love the freedom. It's just so wonderful. As well as I'm really lucky, I think, to do quite a bit of contract and in having both businesses just having so much variety and so like no week is ever the same so I love that as well yeah
0: so I guess that's um something that I want to delve in a little bit further is because I think that's probably a big question from people because a lot of people are like yourself are working for someone else but want to take the plunge into their own business but of course you know it's that security of finances (laughs) so did you just go straight into doing driving assessments or did you decide okay I'm going to finish up working you know a full-time role as an OT and then just go into the contracting or did the contracting come after starting your
1: driving assessment work so that was, uh, I, again, I think I was just really lucky and lull, um, lulled into a false sense of how easy it is to start your own practice. But because before I even finished, like before I even resigned with my previous job, when I just started advertising that I would do driving assessments, I was already like chock-a-block with driving assessments already. So oh, wow. I, I was really, it was still terrifying, but it was uh, a lot more confident going into like leaving the security of a full-time job but then I just found honestly that like I I knew I would miss doing OC rehab because I loved it so much so still getting to have the opportunity to do that through contracting and at a much higher hourly rate was just (laughs) it seemed like a win-win so (laughs)
0: totally and I guess you know when you're busy with one aspect you know whether it's driving assessments or your new business or contracting you can be quiet with the other I'm a big believer in you know having not having your eggs all in one basket kind of having your, your fingers in a few different pies just in case one area in particular goes quiet and you're like well I've still got this other one supporting me
1: absolutely and I think it's really valuable as well so that you don't lose your passion and your interest for what you're doing when you're not doing it five days a week that it's still exciting every time Mm -hmm. you get a new driving assessment referral. so
0: yeah no cool so then what are some of the negatives for running your own business
1: uh, well i actually heard a really interesting quote that i found was a uh, it really stuck with me actually and it really shifted my perspective especially in the beginning and it was that people often start their own business and pursue money so much enough that they sacrifice Everything that they think money will give them mm. in order to get money. So like you think that money will give you all like having your own business will give you the freedom to spend time with your family and have a work life balance and time to yourself. But we sacrifice all of that to make money. And the only reason we're trying to get money is to have that. So it's just <laughs> a, it's a messed up cycle and you it need is. to be really careful of that. So I think, um, it, it could be a negative if you don't have very clear boundaries. So. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I learned that lesson early on for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I guess we don't want to, you know, I
1: don't know
0: what the word is, but you don't have any children yet. So it's good <laughs> that you've learned this early on because I guess a lot of people probably who are looking at starting their own business already have kids.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Absolutely. They feel like,
0: you know, you've got to do that, you know, the hustle and the whole, you know, working after hours when the kids are asleep. But yeah, definitely, I agree. Setting boundaries early on in the piece um, around work, especially, I guess, when you work for yourself, you yeah, know, you're often working from home. So you tend to go, oh, I'll just sneak into the office and do
1: some work. Absolutely. Yes. So having like clear and I found as well that I kept myself accountable. Like I'm a I'm a this like cycling addict and a yoga addict. So every day I always go to cycling or yoga of an afternoon, like no matter what. And that's my yeah. definite um like clear boundary of end of work day. So awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh no, definitely. If you don't have it in the diary, it won't happen.
1: Yes. For
0: sure. Any other negatives to running your own business? Do you miss having colleagues in the office that you can chat to or, you know? For
1: sure. I I definitely found that actually a lot more than I was expecting, perhaps. (laughs) But I have found there that it's been really good in the way that I've made a lot more of an effort with my friends outside of work. And so, and I've also started going to a lot of women in business networking events and meetings, which of course have the added benefit of boosting your business skills. Yeah. And it's great to meet um, really like-minded women. So I found, um, I have quite a few friends actually that we often go to say cafes for the day together. And if we're just building content and there's no like confidence, potentiality risks at all then we just work together and we're like your favorite colleagues basically like are the other colleagues that you choose so, so it's uh, kind I of think, like
0: yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: I was gonna say it's like those co-working hubs that you can yeah. go and hang out
1: yeah absolutely I I think though that my dog loves having me like am in the telehealth practice and having me around all the time so mm. he's really enjoying having me working from home so. okay,
0: okay. <laughs> perk. you can have your pet it work with you all the time (laughs) awesome so think back to when you started out on your own and how
1: long ago was it uh so it was about a year and three months ago oh so you are so fresh absolutely (laughs) so thinking
0: back to 12 months what do you wish you had known then that you know now 12 months down the track
1: um I think Think well, perhaps not really 12 months ago with the driving assessment business, but as I was starting this new practice, in uh, so I built an online program for ADHD therapy. And if I could go back in time, I would tell myself, do not edit. (laughs) your own videos it is excruciating and it is so time consuming Mm. I actually remember reading that if you have an online video that you've made yourself that for editing alone so not just um, writing the content and filming it and all of that like just the editing of the final product takes one hour for every minute of video so I made a, so it's a five and a half hour program that I made. Yes. So it's like 330 minutes. And it won't take 330 hours. It'll be fine. But it definitely <laughs> took 330 hours. So Did you time I yourself? Outsourced, I outsourced it. I ended up about halfway through. I just, I was, I was so done. So yes. I ended up outsourcing it, but it was genuinely hundreds of hours that I wish I could get back. Mm. And I do um, actually remember hearing another really interesting podcast about people say in business that are really reluctant to outsource. Mm. So something like that, I should have outsourced from the beginning. Not only would the expert do a better job than I would anyway, but it's also when you consider your hourly rate compared to how much I could have paid someone else and done far more profitable activities. Yeah, yeah. And I remember hearing that, say people saying, for example, um, that if they can't afford an assistant or even a virtual assistant, the reason why they can't afford an assistant is because they don't have an assistant. It's because they're doing (laughs) assistant type jobs. And if they spent 40% more of their week doing highly profitable activities, they would generate more revenue and it's a cycle. So you just need to keep sleep and outsource. for sure.
0: I totally agree. Like back twenty years ago, outsourcing was non-existent. You did everything yourself. But um, and I guess that's the other thing too is when you're starting out in business, you feel like you've it's your baby, and you want to oh, yeah. have
1: control. Absolutely. And so if
0: you do have a bit of OCD, I think you need to kind of um, yeah, let go of the reins a little bit. Yes. You know. No such thing as perfection. No absolutely. one's ever going to do it as good as you or you think.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. They say that perfectionism is just a form of procrastination. Like, whoever it is, I remember seeing a post and it was, it resonated with me so yeah. much. And it was like, whoever needs to see this, just release that video. Like, stop editing that video. So, yeah. stop yes, re recording so- or. Yes. Absolutely. <gasps>
0: awesome. Awesome. Um, So let's talk about this new program you've done because I guess that's one of the reasons I wanted to to interview you is because I guess this is a new area for us as health clinicians because I guess most of us are just used to consulting or, you know, seeing private clients in clinics and things like that. A lot of us have never thought about having, you know, offering an online program that, you know, people can, you know, do at their own pace or have some interaction with us as clinicians. I guess what made you come up with the idea? Do you want to tell us a bit about it?
1: Uh, Yes. So I always knew that I wanted to have some form of online, like, therapy practice, something that was scalable and would work more towards passive income because as much as driving assessments were wonderful, it really wasn't scalable, I suppose. So I actually, it it was about mid last year, I actually had a huge shock, which in retrospect is very obvious, that I was actually diagnosed with ADHD at 25. Wow. And so, yeah, honestly, I'm surprised how much it was a huge shock for me. And I actually took it really hard. And not that I would ever judge anyone else that had ADHD, but I found that I was so judgmental towards myself about it. And so I think that there's so much... Much stigma about it that I just found it really hard to deal with and mm. what really helped I think was that so many of my favorite podcasters and i 'm always listening to a podcast, especially um, like about really women, like successful women in business. And so like, I would say just about all of them made reference to that they had ADHD, which makes sense because like the entrepreneurial spirit is very much associated with ADHD. But they were saying that like if you can run a successful business, but you have no idea where your purse is you probably have ADHD. And so I think that hearing those like really high profile examples of that, it's okay, there's nothing wrong with ADHD, Mm. you can still be successful, really helped me. And I actually had a client at the time for a completely, it was nothing to do with ADHD. Yeah. But that was just one of his other side conditions. And he also was 25 and diagnosed with ADHD. And he was saying, like, he actually said to me, like, you have no idea what it's like at 25 to find out this sort of news. And I wanted to tell him, like, you have no idea how much I completely understand But he was saying the same things that I was feeling. Like you can't help but feel regret about lost opportunities and that life was so much harder than it needed to be when the strategies are so simple. And so I just think I had a light bulb moment then that I should be the person that's telling everyone what I wanted to hear initially. So firstly that it's okay, like you'll still be successful and really it's okay to grieve, I suppose, but yeah. there's really no need to grieve. And also the strategies that I personally found to be really helpful and are based on the evidence. And I think that ADHD is one of those things that you need to have it to get it, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you don't have it, the strategies sound ridiculous and you like the symptoms sound ridiculous but if you if you have it then they make sense and you get it so I think I'm like in a really good position to be non-judgmental and yeah it it just felt perfectly aligned so it seemed too perfect not to do (laughs) well that's awesome because I guess that's
0: you know the um great point is that You're not just an OT who's going, oh, I work with people with ADHD. You're actually someone who has it. So you understand your clients better.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, so that's your point of difference too. Correct. Awesome. So can I ask you what platform you're using for your online program?
1: So I filmed it using iMovie and then I did all of the editing via Premiere Pro but it's not designed for rookies i don't think.
0: (laughs) but then where have you got this posted up is there like an online program platform or is it just through youtube or Uh, no
1: so it's like there's a separate like user login portal and then there's just like a it's a like all the modules are uploaded on a second website so oh
0: okay cool all righty awesome so then what advice or tips do you have for other female health clinicians thinking of starting their own health business whether it is you know a private practice or an online business telehealth what would you be I telling them
1: would say especially so if you're in the health like in the allied health industry I will never understand why people are reluctant to do contracting when you can verify as well. You're just constantly bombarded with contracting. And so it's um, it's scary. I get it to take the leap initially, but mm. especially if you have babies to have that secure, safe income coming in and you can reject it if you like or accept it if you like. So contracting as a safety net will really alleviate the anxiety. And yeah, I think I think that would be my biggest piece of advice.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I've been contracting on and off now for 20 odd years. I found it a great complement to my other services. And again, like I said before, when one industry or area is quiet, I know I've got the other one to fall back on. And like you said, you can turn down a referral if you're too busy, or you can take on as extra work if you're really quiet in your other stuff. No, that's cool. That's awesome advice. So you have mentioned this a little bit earlier, but how do you manage your work-life balance? So you said before that you, is it go to a cycling class or you do road cycling? And oh, no, I go to a
1: spin class. A so. spin class.
0: So you do spin class or yoga every afternoon. Is there anything else that you incorporate into your day, your week, whatever, to help with managing? Because I guess that's it. Work-life balance, it isn't... scales it's more about uh, making time that you're taking care of yourself self-care isn't it
1: absolutely so I found that uh, days of the week mean nothing to me anymore like I'm just as happy to work on a Saturday as a Tuesday and so I found that I'm more conscious of having really regular holidays and time that I force myself that like say if I'm away with my sister for the weekend Don't open the laptop. (laughs) And it's surprising. I think when it's your own business and you care so much, Mm. it's actually really hard. And I think I need to be kept accountable of that you promised you wouldn't open the laptop this weekend. So I think having those really clear boundaries for yourself help as well. But, yeah, no, I just find um, I I just take a lot of um, weekends away. And so I guess that's the perk of having your own business is you can just... Yeah, disappear for a day or two and no one yeah. will know, so. and
0: no one's gonna ask you why
1: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> awesome
0: no that is good advice um and I guess how did COVID-19 affect your business was it in a good or a bad way did you have to pivot or recreate yourself or did you have to pick up more contracting work because the other stuff was quiet what happened for you
1: So I think it was actually a really positive thing because my ADHD practice is all telehealth, that telehealth has just been normalized now. And so where people may have been reluctant. It actually, it's just, um, yeah, and I think everyone has technology down pat enough to have a webcam session. So that's been a big positive. But for driving assessments, actually, we had to be a little bit creative in that. So there was the rule for a while there where you couldn't have more than two people in a car. And because we, yeah, it was what a time to be alive, right? But because (laughs) we needed a driving instructor as well, that was three people, and so we couldn't do that during the real lockdown period. So we did... um, the off-road side of things so like measure like doing like the the visual tests and like the the cognitive tests that sort of thing online and then the and then um I guess we had a queue waiting of as soon as those laws changed there was a heap of people to do the second half of the assessment so hopefully it was only quite short and that was sustainable.
0: Yes. Well, that's because you're in Queensland, not yes. like other states. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Great. So what does the future hold for you and your businesses? Do you still have business ideas you want to implement? Are you wanting, like you said, you're looking to scale? Are you, what are you looking to do moving forward?
1: Uh, I think honestly, this was like my huge goal that like at some point in life, I would have an online business where there was a package of on, like I say, an online pre-recorded program and group programs and one-on-one sessions. And so I wasn't expecting to figure out my niche this young and to have it down pat. But yeah, no, I, honestly, I, I, I'm i not sure what's next. I'm just really excited to be at this stage. So Awesome. So it's watch out for Grayson, everyone. Yeah, watch out.
0: (laughs) All right. Do you want to just share the names of your businesses? So if there's anyone out there who'd like to talk to you more about what you do and that they might want to get into, or maybe there might be someone out there who would like to utilize your services.
1: So my primary business that I'm working on at the moment is the OT for ADHD and um, rolling sort of somewhat with the theme was um, my driving assessment practice is the OT with a key so (laughs) we have the, the OT thing going in the names.
0: No, that's pretty cool. I love the OT with the key because it makes so much sense
1: for driving, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was really proud of that. My brother actually said that um, instead of the OT for ADHD, not being the OT with ADHD was such a missed opportunity. But...
0: <laughs> you could probably slide it in there in one of your marketing, you know, campaigns or something, couldn't you? <laughs> Or maybe it could be your, um, you know, your alter ego, and you can become a comic or a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> awesome! Well, thank you so much for sharing your story tonight. Really appreciated having you come along and share that. Because I, yeah, when I first met you all that time ago, it wasn't that long ago, really, was it? Eighteen months. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you told me what you're doing, I was just absolutely, um, blown away. Oh, you know, thank you. Yeah, just because you're so young, but you know, so passionate about what you do. And I think that's what it is with us as um, healthpreneurs is that if you've got a passion for something, the rest of it just kind of follows and you just ooze this, you know, enthusiasm. People just want to work with you because, yeah, you're just showing this love for what you do.
1: Absolutely. Actually on that I think the other really big piece of advice I would have for anyone starting a practice is to make sure that you're so passionate about it because there are going to be times especially if you're making an online program where it's going to be really difficult and you do have to sacrifice a lot so you need to make sure that you are you're like that you're so passionate and that you're excited mm. and that you would do it for free is so important.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I guess it's, you know, find that niche market. And I guess, like you said before, you made the decision when you graduated that you're going to go and work for someone else for a few years. And I'm so glad you had a plan. You said, yep, I'm going to give it three years and then I'll go out on my own if I've got what it takes. Um, but that's so true. That's what I tell a lot of, you know, graduates in any profession, Just go and work for someone else at least minimum two years. Get some skills and knowledge under your belt. Get a mentor. Um, Learn all the ropes before you then jump in. Because that's what happened to me. I think, yeah, I was worked
1: two years before I fell into it, so, but that's oh, a story for another day. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree that even, because I guess like the real world is so different to uni and no matter how many placements you do, you just can't prepare yourself. Um, and so I think like having managers and mentors are so valuable mm. because having a business in itself and like doing the invoicing and like doing all of that is huge in itself. So you need to be really confident that you have the clinical expertise and experience under your belt.
0: Yeah. No, most definitely. Well, thank you again, Grayson. It's been a pleasure and um, I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.